Welcome to Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesotans with the world and exploring important international issues. For a complete list of programs and to join us, visit globalminnesota.org. Two, one, live. Hello, and welcome to the webinar, What's New in the New NAFTA, presented by Global Minnesota and Cozen O'Connor. I'm Steve Dickinson. I'm the co-chair of the international practice at Cozen O'Connor. Cozen O'Connor is an international law firm with over 750 lawyers and 30 offices. Our international trade and customs group has been actively following the development and implementation of the USMCA. We are proud corporate members of Global Minnesota and very pleased to partner with Global Minnesota for today's program. Before we begin, a few housekeeping items to review. First, all participants are in listen-only mode. That means you can hear the speakers, but no one is able to hear you. If you have technical issues, please send a chat through the chat pod on the left-hand side of your screen, and the technical support will, will take care of that. The slides are available for download. They can be found on the left side of your screen under Event Resources. At the conclusion of the program, we ask you to please complete the evaluation. If you have questions at any time during the webinar, type your question using the Q&A chat pod and they will be answered at the end of the program as time allows. Let me begin by introducing Mark Ritchie, the President of Global Minnesota, who will in turn introduce our speakers. Mark? Thank you very much, Steve, and thank you to Cozen O'Connor and all of our participants and partners for today. Uh, Global Minnesota for the last 70 years has been connecting Minnesotans to the world and the world to Minnesota, but today it's a very special opportunity to be here with some of our uh, board members and others, Ariel Deluya, Consul General, the Consulate General of Canada in Minneapolis, Gerardo Guerrero, Consul, Consulate of Mexico in St. Paul, Minnesota, and Catherine Muth, the Director of the Iowa Office of the U.S. Commercial Service, that's the part of the U.S. Commerce Department that helps our companies nationwide uh, connect to markets overseas. Today we'll be getting some very inside perspective on what's new in that new trade agreement. And I wanna begin by handing it off to Consul General Deluya. Thank you again. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be with you. Even if as we continue through this pandemic, it's virtually um, this morning. Um, Mark, thank you and the staff of Global Minnesota for hosting this timely event. As many of you know, it was just over two months ago, on July 1st, that the new USMCA came into force. This date, notably, coincidentally, um, is also our national holiday, Canada Day, um, and in fact, it was a day that Global Minnesota and the Consulate General celebrated online together. Um, so that speaks as well to the a deep uh, and long-lasting relationship that the Consulate General has been fortunate to enjoy with Global Minnesota, and, and we welcome that and, and are grateful for that. Um, I'm delighted to say, as many of you probably already know, that Canada and Mexico are Minnesota's best customers and largest international trading partners. In that vein, I'm very glad to be joined by my colleague, Mexican Consul Gerardo Guerrero, from whom you'll hear next, and Catherine Muth from the U.S. Commercial Service. Um, Minnesota sells more to Canada than to its next two largest markets combined, accounting for over $4.7 billion worth of two-way trade in goods and services, actually another billion dollars in services, so 5.7 in total, 
for 2019, the last year for which we have full data. That's a pretty strong relationship. Um, the USMCA gives us an opportunity to grow, to, to grow the relationship even more. So what is the new USMCA? To understand the agreement, or as we call it in Canada, CUSMA, um, we need to go back more than 25 years to the implementation of NAFTA in 1994. NAFTA created the largest trade zone in the world. It created a $22 trillion regional market with nearly 500 million consumers. In 2016, NAFTA partners represented 28% of the world's GDP, while only counting for 7% of the world's population. NAFTA created a North America where Canadian, American, and Mexican companies do more than make and sell finished goods to one another. Now our companies are increasingly making things together and sell them to the world as part of highly integrated supply chains that have increased in strength over the years. So how does USMCA change things? Well, the new agreement provides all of the fundamental successes and benefits of NAFTA. For example, it ensures continued duty-free access for the vast majority of goods made in the three countries, and it maintains NAFTA outcomes on trade and services and for labor mobility. But it also brings trade between our three countries into the modern era. USMCA reduces red tape at the border. It improves dispute settlement and intellectual property rights. It includes new chapters for 21st century issues, including digital trade, competitiveness, and small and medium-sized enterprises. And USMCA includes new chapters on labor and the environment, um, updates that will help create incentives for higher wages and better working conditions for workers in all three of our countries. The very fact that our three governments took action to improve trade amongst ourselves has incentivized increased trade and investment into North America even before the USMCA came into force in July. It's helping us to remain competitive as a continent in the face of very fierce competition from our partners in Asia and Europe. So let's focus on some of the specific aspects of the USMCA that will benefit business. Let me start with manufacturing. Even short-term uncertainty can weigh heavily on business decision makers. New plants don't get open, aging equipment isn't replaced, and new workers aren't hired. The USMCA continues to provide predictability and stability for businesses and workers on, in all three countries, allowing us to focus on growth. The USMCA introduces new obligations and trade facilitation concepts that will help traders with their bottom line, such as consistency and predictability in the tariff classification and customs valuation of goods, a single window system that enables traders to submit import documentary requirements electronically through a single portal, and provisions that allow for circumstances in which traders may correct errors without incurring any penalties. <clears throat> Excuse me. A side note on small and medium-sized enterprises. Mexico and Canada are the top two export destinations for good produced by American and SMEs. The USMCA recognizes the fundamental role of SMEs as engines of the North American economy for the first time in a U.S. trade agreement. And the, US the USMCA, as I just noted, includes a dedicated chapter focused on SMEs and how to support them. Support for SMEs goes well beyond just the SME chapter in the, in the new agreement. It includes things like cutting red tape at the border by increasing the de minimis levels, promoting small business participation in government procurement, and it includes a chapter on good regulatory practices for the first time 
in a U.S. free trade agreement. Next, let's, let's turn to agriculture. Preserving free trade in North America is not just a win for manufacturers, it's a win for U.S. farmers, ranchers, and agribusiness. The USMCA preserves existing agricultural commitments between Canada, the U.S., and Mexico, and expands U.S. market access into Canada for agricultural pro products, including in the areas of dairy, poultry, and egg products. USMCA also allows for tariff elimination for whey powder and margarine, the elimination of current milk classes six and seven, and allows U.S. grown wheat of varieties registered in Canada to receive an official Canadian grain grade certification. To put our agricultural trade into relationship, relationship into context, our trade between Canada and Minnesota um, amounted to $1.2 billion in 2019, with Minnesota exporting about $666 million worth of agricultural goods to Canada and Minnesota importing $551 million worth of goods from Canada. In the other direction, Minnesota-based agri-food companies like General Mills have long found growers in Canada to supply their oats and other products, serving to bring jobs to the state and help ensure farmers remain strong and competitive. There is room to grow agricultural exports into Canada, and we're confident that the USMCA will help achieve that goal. Finally, I'd like to say a quick word on supply chains. The USMCA preserves open access for supply chains. In the, even in these times of COVID and managing uh, trade between our three countries uh, with some of the measures we've had to impose, for example, at the border, goods continue to cross our borders every day. And in fact, I want to take that opportunity to thank all of the workers on the front lines of food production and transportation who have ensured ever since um, March um, that we have the goods and products we need to survive and thrive in all three countries and for the benefit of all three nations' consumers. Canada's worked very closely with U.S. officials to ensure that these goods are able to cross the border without restrictions of quarantine or other delays. Perhaps the area of most change is with respect to country of origin for products. USMCA origin procedures have been modernized to support today's trade environment better and to limit the administrative costs to group to traders, including simplifying certification of the origin through the use of the invoice, electronic transmission, and including electronic signature facilitations. We should all be pleased with the new USMCA. As I said earlier, it preserves the almost 100% tariff-free environment between our three nations. It enhances trilateral trade by making things easier for existing importers and exporter, exporters, and by making trade more accessible for new entrants. USMCA also enshrines four thinking provisions in a number of areas, making the U.S. a truly 21st century agreement that sets a high standard for future free trade agreements our countries may negotiate with other partners. Incidentally, this is the year in which Canada's Consulate General marks its 50th anniversary in the Upper Midwest, and I should say that it's a real privilege for me as to be Consul General at a time that ushers into um, effect um, this, new trilateral three, uh, this new trilateral trade agreement that if we're to base it on the success of NAFTA from 1994 until today, um, holds a lot of promise for the considerable expansion and integration uh, of trade between our three countries and the integration of our economic activity. 
I encourage you to reach out to the Consulate General at any time if we can be of assistance in helping to strengthen the trade relationship between Minnesota and Canada. And again, thank you very much for your participation today. Um, I'm confident that the more we work together to address our common challenges, the stronger as a continent will be. Um, I look forward to taking questions and, and comments um, in that portion of our discussion later. Um, and in the meantime, I'm delighted to hand the microphone over to my good friend and colleague, uh, Mexican Consul Gerardo Guerrero. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning. Uh, well, I am Gerardo Guerrero, Consul of Mexico, and I want to thank Global Minnesota and its President Marichi for making this event possible. Uh, it is an honor for me to share this remote session with good, my good friend uh, Ariel Deluya and Catherine Mood. Uh, to start, I want to mention that in Mexico, uh, we were always convinced of the benefits that NAFTA brought to the economy of the three countries and their peoples. And these benefits were also reflected at the state and local levels, and Minnesota was not an exception. Uh, with no doubt, we can say that the negotiations to reach the USMCA were long and difficult, with agreements and disagreements. But the time has come to thank NAFTA for more than 25 years of success and start a new era in which we reach not only a trade agreement, but a comprehensive community agreement. In that sense, I want to highlight uh, one, some of the great contributions that NAFTA brought to the, uh, to the economy of the three countries. Uh, NAFTA has created a thriving regional market of more than 480 million people and a combined GDP of over 22 trillion US dollars. Between 1993 and 2019, trilateral trade has more than tripled, reaching almost 1.3 trillion dollars in 2019. Over 5 million U.S. jobs depend on the trade with Mexico. Since NAFTA, a bilateral trade between Mexico and the U.S. has multiplied by six, reaching almost $615 billion in 2019. This means that uh, between Mexico and the United States, we trade almost or around $1 million per minute. Uh, in 2019, Mexico was number one uh, U.S. trade partner for the very first time. Mexico trade with the United States increased 0.48% uh, from 2019 to, to from 2018 to 2019. Uh, as, as I hope that uh, people can see in this in this slide, Mexico is a very important trade partner for most of the states in the United States. For uh, seven states, is the largest export market. Uh, for 19 states, and Minnesota is among those, is the 19 export market. Is, is, the, is, is, the, is the second export market. So uh, the trade between Mexico and United States has increased dramatically since 20, uh, 1923, 1993, when NAFTA entered into force. Uh, I know that, well, agriculture is very important for Minnesota, and this, is, this webinar is a great, a great opportunity for me to underline that our trade, investment, and cooperation in agriculture have yielded enormous prosperity for the three countries. Together, uh, the U.S., Canada, and Mexico have created the most effective and reliable food source and supply chain system, which has allowed us to compete as a region with the rest of the world. Uh, as you can see in this slide, uh, in, just in 2019, 
the, the trilateral agricultural trade surpassed 100 billion between the three countries. So this is very, very important for the economy of the three countries. Uh, Mexico is the U.S. top trading partner. In agricultural products, the U.S. In, is Mexico's largest agricultural trading, trading partner, buying 78% of Mexican exports and supplying 69% of the country's imports in, the, in this category. Since the implementation of NAFTA, agricultural trade between the U.S. and Mexico has expanded fivefold, from $6.8 billion in 1993 to $50.5 billion in, 19, in 2019. Uh, trade, uh, ever since the entry into force of NAFTA, Minnesota exports to Mexico have increased almost ninefold. This is 855%. In 1993, Mexico ranked as the seventh market for Minnesota exports. As of 2019, our country is the second largest market for their exports. Minnesota is total, Minnesota's total trade with Mexico is twice as large as the U.S. total trade with Paraguay. Uh, exports to Mexico were valued uh, in, uh, from Mexico to, to, to from Minnesota to Mexico were valued at 2.4 billion dollars in 2019. In 2019, also Minnesota imports from Mexico were valued at 2.3 billion dollars. Uh, in 2019, more than 92,000 jobs in Minnesota relied on trade with Mexico. Seven Mexican companies are present in Minnesota, which collectively generate 1,400 local jobs. And 34 Minnesota companies are present in Mexico. Uh, Mexico is the destination of 24% of Minnesota's total agricultural exports. Uh, in 2019, uh, Mexico, Minnesota's agricultural exports uh, to Mexico were valued at $448 million, and imports were valued at $96, $96 million. Uh, the largest importer of corn, Mexico is the largest importer of corn, wheat, dairy products, soybean, meat, and turkey. Mexico is the second largest importer of soybeans and pork, that, and the third largest importer uh, of beef. Of beef. And uh, Mexico is the sole market for Minnesota's malt exports. Uh, the main destinations of the processed food, uh, uh, Mexico is the main destination of the processed food, this is 24%, of electrical equipment, 13%, and vehicles, vehicles 24%. The second destination of the plastics, 14%, and the third destination of the machinery uh, products uh, produced in Minnesota. Now, um, what is new in what is new in the new USMCA? On September 30, 2018, representatives of Mexico, Canada, and the United States announced the conclusion of the negotiations process to modernize the North American Free Trade Agreement through a protocol that includes an updated, balanced, ambitious, comprehensive, and high standard agreement, named as United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement (USMCA) or, as we call it in Mexico, TEMEC. Uh, the USMCA will promote economic, uh, economic growth, will support jobs, creation, and retention. It will improve innovation, productivity, and competitiveness. It will raise living standards, will reduce poverty in all the three countries. It will promote transparency and good governance, and will extend protection to work and the environment. Uh, the renovated NAFTA sets new and high parameters for trade and investment, and it is the beginning of a new era of integration and economic development within the North American region. Uh, aware 
of the importance that agriculture represents to Minnesota's economy, I want to emphasize that for the export of agricultural goods, Chapter 3 of the new USMCA reaffirms the commitment to eliminate export subsidies in accordance with the commitment assumed at the multilateral level within the framework of the WTO. International cooperation disciplines were incorporated, as well as commitments that progress, progressively and substantially reduce domestic support for agriculture, which distort trade in agricultural goods and the international level. Furthermore, uh, the new USMCA establishes modern science-based sanitary and phytosanitary standards that are the strongest achieved in any trade agreement. Uh, secures greater market access for the American farmers and provides transparency and information sharing of measures impacting trade in the products of uh, biotechnology. Uh, furthermore, uh, the follow-up of the commitments assumed in, the, in this chapter, the Agricultural Committee created in NAFTA is maintained. Uh, how, is the new, uh, how is the USMCA different from NAFTA? It is important to highlight that NAFTA is made up of 22 chapters. USMCA is comprised by 34 chapters. This expansion in its contents is due to the fact that it has a greater scope by including new chapters such as electronic commerce, competitiveness, SMEs, telecommunications, labor, intellectual property, environment, and anti-corruption, among many others. Chapters aim to ensure USMCA fulfills its potential for development, competitiveness, and inclusion, dispute resolutions, exceptions, and institutional provisions. Uh, four uh, characteristics define the USMCA, which were foundations and priorities of the Mexican government during, during its negotiations. First of all, it strengthens the competitiveness of North America, advances towards an inclusive and responsible, uh, responsible region tra trade, takes advantage of the opportunities of the 21st century economy, and promotes certainty of trade and investment in North America. We need to use uh, USMCA as the tool that will allow us to better complement each other. In these challenging times, cooperation is key to protect our food supply. No more than ever, we need to strengthen our mutual trust and understanding of foodborne illness outbreaks, for example. Together, we can continue to improve food safety and eradicate pests and diseases for the benefits of growers, ranchers, and the entire agricultural sectors of the three countries. Uh, my dear friends and colleagues, the world has changed and this is a new stage. In North America, we need to keep working together as friends, neighbors, but most important as strategic partners. Thank you very much. And now it's my pleasure to pass the floor to Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. It is a, pl a pleasure to speak with you today. I would like to thank Global Minnesota for the invitation to speak about the USMCA and its benefits for Minnesota business. Today, I'll talk about three specific aspects of the USMCA and build on the previous remarks. First, what's important for businesses to know about the agreement, such as tariffs, certificate, certification of origin, de minimis, rules of origin. Second, the major differences between NAFTA and the USMCA and key chapters. Third, highlight a few new chapters including good regulatory practices, digital trade, small and medium-sized enterprises, environment, and labor. Not only are Canada and Mexico important to U.S. trade, but they are also important to Minnesota trade. 
the United States conducts more than $1.3 trillion in annual trade with Canada and Mexico, our largest export market. The U.S. exports to both markets support, and it supports about 3 million U.S. jobs. In 2019, Minnesota exported $7.1 billion to Mexico and Canada, accounting for 32% of the state's total goods exported to the world. In 2019, Minnesota exported $4.7 billion to Canada and $2.4 billion to Mexico. As you can see, as you can see, uh, motor vehicles exports to Canada and Mexico totaled $711 million. My apologies, those charts are not showing on the slide, so I will send them along to everyone at the end. <clears throat> All products that had zero tariffs under NAFTA will remain at zero under the USMCA. This is important for Minnesota's motor vehicle exports. In 2018, Minnesota exported $470 million of machinery to Canada alone. Overall, the USMCA maintains duty-free access to Canada and Mexico for originating machinery and remanufactured goods. For additional information on tariffs, including USMCA and applied tariffs, please see the ITA's FTA tariff tool. The FTA tariff tool incorporates all products, both agriculture and non-agriculture goods, classified within all 97 chapters of the harmonized system. The tariff tool includes information on specific product-specific rules of origin to determine the eligibility of the reduced tariff rates with all U.S. free trade agreement partners. The USMCA no longer requires the NAFTA certificate of origin. As of July 1st, CBP no longer accepts the NAFTA Certificate of Origin, Form 434. CBP has provided an optional certificate template on its website, which can be found on the slide. The USMCA certification requires that a set of nine data elements be submitted to prove origin. These elements may be provided on an invoice or any other document and can be presented in any form like other modern trade agreements. The USMCA allows producers, exporters, or importers to supply the information needed to certify the product's origin. However, the importer is responsible for exercising reasonable care concerning the accuracy of all documentation submitted to CBP. Under the USMCA, the document that certifies origin may be completed electronically with an electronic or digital signature. CBP also has has also updated its interim implementing instructions. The instructions are a guide for chapters four, five, six, and seven of the agreement, rules of origin, origin, or origin procedures, textiles and apparel and customs administration, and cover issues such as claiming preferential treatment, rules of origin, and record keeping. The de minimis threshold sets the value of goods below which no duties or taxes are collected by customs. To help make trade faster, easier, and cheaper, the following de minimis levels val shipment values will be followed. Shipments up to these de minimis values will generally enter with minimal formal entry procedures. The USMCA also includes stronger rules of origin for industrial products that will increase regional content and help preserve North American manufacturing, including new rules for auto and auto parts, chemicals, and steel-intensive products. 
USMCA contains strong rules of origin protections to ensure that tariff preferences go to companies in the USMCA countries. There were also minor changes to additional products such as glass and fiber optics. USMCA's rules of origin requirements will help ensure that only producers who use sufficient amounts of North American parts or materials receive preferential tariff benefits. To ensure that you are familiar with the rule of origin for your product, please visit Chapter 4 of the agreement. The USMCA increases, increases regional value content for automobiles from 62.5% to 75%, thus incentivizing more auto production in North America. It includes a first-of-its-kind labor value content rule that requires a certain percentage of each vehicle, 40% for passenger vehicles, and 45% for light trucks to be manufactured in a North American factory in which workers make an average wage of at least $16 per hour. It increases regional value content for core, principal, and complementary auto parts and requires that core vehicle parts such as engines, transmissions, axles, body panels, suspensions, steering systems, and EV batteries be produced in North America from regionally sourced steel, aluminum, and other key parts and materials. It also requires more auto production in North America to qualify for duty-free treatment by eliminating the NAFTA's deeming originating loophole. The USMCA allows chemical processes to confer origin. This is new for the North American region as these rules were not in NAFTA. It is important for, I, uh, for Minnesota business as Minnesota is home to numerous chemical companies. <clears throat> the USMCA adopted chemical reaction rules to determine origin for most chemical products. The eight chemical processes are chemical reaction, purification, mixtures and blends, changes in particle size, standard, standards material, is no more separation, separation prohibition, and biotechnological processes. The USMCA requires that 70% of the steel by weight come from North America for selected steel and iron products in HS Chapter 73. These are the changes in the USMCA that have major updates from NAFTA, IPR, protections for innovators and creators, comprehensive enforcement provisions, strong standards to protect trade secrets, Customs Administration and Trade Facilitation, USMCA reduces costs and brings greater predictability to cross-border transactions. As I mentioned, this predictability at the border is important for uh, exports of machinery to Canada and Mexico. At the same time, the USMCA ensures uh, that Customs Administrations have the necessary tools to enforce the law. <clears throat> Agriculture. The USMCA maintains NAFTA's existing zero tariff treatment. The agriculture cha chapter is important for the food manufacturing sector. The USMCA contains an annex on proprietary food formulas that requires each party to protect the confidentiality of such information in the same manner for both domestic and imported products. The USMCA also has a chapter on sanitary measures that requires the parties to agree to an increased transparency in SPS measures, advanced science-based decision-making, and a work together to enhance compatibility of SPS measures. For financial services, it liberalizes financial services markets, facilitates a level playing field, expands trade and cross-border financial services. 
for textiles and apparel. It strengthens North American supply chains for textiles and apparel and opens new opportunities for U.S. yarns, fabrics, and apparel. Advanced rulings, available on a free publicly accessible website, and rulings will be issued no later than 120 days after officials obtain information. There are a few new key chapters. The first, good regulatory practices. The GPR, excuse me, the GRP chapter is the first of its kind for a U.S. trade agreement, which will help to reduce and prevent non-tariff barriers through increased transparency, evidence-based decision-making, and whole-of-government internal coordination. Such good regulatory practices can support the development of compatible regulatory approaches among the parties and reduce or eliminate unnecessary, burdensome, duplicative, or divergent regulatory requirements. For digital trade, it prohibits the application of customs duties and other discriminatory measures to digital products distributed electronically, such as videos, music, software, and games. It ensures that data can be transferred across, me, across borders. It facilitates digital transactions by permitting the use of electronic authentication and signatures, and it cracks down on data localization measures. For small and medium-sized enterprises, for the first time in the U.S., the FDA, in a U.S. FTA, the USMCA includes a standalone chapter on small and medium-sized enterprises. Approximately 83% of companies that export goods uh, are SMEs. The SME chapter promotes cooperation between the parties to increase SME trade and investment opportunities and establishes information sharing tools that will help small businesses better understand the benefits of the agreement. It also establishes a committee on SME issues comprising government officials from each country. Launches, it also launches a new framework for an ongoing SME dialogue with stakeholders to help ensure that SMEs continue to benefit from the agreement. On the environment, it brings the environment obligations into the core of the agreement and makes them fully enforceable. Obligations to combat trafficking in wildlife, timber, and fish include strengthening of law enforcement networks to stem such trafficking and addressing pressing environmental issues such as air quality and marine litter. In addition, the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative has funding for outreach events for U.S. importers and exporters on the environment chapter's regulations. For labor, it brings the labor obligations into the core of the agreement, making them fully enforceable. It requires the parties to adopt and maintain the law and practice labor rights as recognized by the International Labor Organization. It obligates parties to address violence against workers for exercising their labor rights, prohibits the importation of goods made by forced labor, and includes an annex on worker representation and collective bargaining in Mexico. For more information on USMCA, please visit our website, which is listed on the slide. CBP has established a USMCA center, which can also be visited at the link on the slide. You can also go to their website for, for information and submit questions directly to them at the website, or excuse me, at the email address on the slide. You may find the text of the agreement on the US, US Trade Representative site. You should also look at the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service which can contain additional information for agriculture companies. If you have any questions or, further, or require further clarification, please contact me directly. I would like to now turn this back to Steve for questions. Thank you.
Thank you, Catherine, and, and thank you to all of our presenters. Uh, very interesting information. Uh, we now are open for questions. We have one question in the queue, which I will get to, but if anybody else has any questions, please uh, feel free to submit those through the, the Q&A panel that's, that's on your screen. Uh, the question for our panel is, will USMCA have an impact on the current tariffs in place for solar panels to the U.S.? Would anybody like to speak to that? Um, this is Ariel Deluia. I'm not very familiar with this particular issue, um, so I, I don't have a lot to offer on it. Uh, what I could do, depending on uh, the questioner's level of interest, is uh, ask my team to look into it and uh, if there's a way for me to get that information back uh, to you subsequently, that would be one option. Okay. I, I, I may actually be able to help shed some light on this. The, there, there are three separate tariffs that affect solar panels, and all of them are under special trade remedy provisions that I don't think are impacted by NAFTA uh, or USMCA. Uh, they're, they're protection of, of American industries against damage from imports or, or protection of national security. Uh, all of which I think are are going to continue in effect in spite of USMCA. But if anybody has any any different or additional information, uh, please feel free. Okay. I don't see any other questions in the queue. Does any? If anybody has anything, please send it in. Seeing none, I think all of the presenters would be happy to take your questions offline if, if you're too bashful to answer them in the queue or ask them in the queue. Uh, so please feel free to reach out to any of uh, our presenters with, with other further questions that you may have. And with that, I will turn the program back over to Mark Ritchie from Global Minnesota. Mark? Thank you, Stephen. Thank you to your team at Cozen O'Connor. Partnering with you is a pleasure, and we really appreciate all that it takes to put these together. Our three panelists today covered an incredible amount of territory and um, gave a lot of specifics so that people can follow up. I'm very grateful to everyone for today's participation. And of course, as we move on, um, the future will bring new questions, new ideas, new opportunities. And we want to keep gathering um, experts and our diplomats and our commercial officers together as often as we can uh, to make sure that our companies and our communities are well informed and are taking advantage of these opportunities that are there. Um, down at the bottom of your screen, there's an evaluation that'll, I mean, there'll be an evaluation process that'll come to you. And if you have a moment as one of the viewers of this to um, uh, send us back that evaluation, that'll help us as we plan for the future. And of course, if you have any other questions, we can be easily reached. You can contact me, uh, Mark Ritchie at Global Minnesota anytime. But we are very, very um, grateful to our members that are the backbone for our organization that make it possible for us to do this and for our sponsors. And so special thanks to today's host, Cozen O'Connor, 
important corporate member. And to our panel speakers, to our corporate premier sponsors, and to other companies and individuals who help make it possible for us. Thank you again to everybody and to our audience. Goodbye now. See you at the next webinar.